college, we had a thing. Um, we had a boys' dorm and a girls' dorm. And we had activities um, with our bro-sis floor. Like, so every single boys' floor had a girls' floor that was like our friends. We'd do things together. We'd go to the museum together. We'd go to the beach together. And I guess the hope was you'd meet, you know, every guy would meet a cool girl, maybe they'd get married, and it'd be, so it'd be a romantic story, I guess. So every bro floor had a cis floor, okay? And uh, we, as a, as a bro cis floor, went camping one year, here up in Michigan. So we left Chicago, came to northern Michigan. We all camped. And on the way home, one of our buddies really liked a girl. He really, really liked this girl. And she kind of, kind of liked him back. So we all conspired so he could drive in his car along with her the whole way back to Chicago. And you'll know over a five-hour car ride if it's meant to be or not. Um, so we all conspire. We all pack up other cars, and they are just two people in their car themselves. And we're just like, as they're driving away, we're just like, go get them, buddy. Like, it was great. It was great. So they're driving, and it goes really well. The conversation is free-flowing. She's laughing at his jokes. He's finding her more and more beautiful as the miles keep going forward. It is a good drive. Now they're coming from north. They're driving south on the highway. They come to Flint and got to jump on 69. 69 is going to head. First it heads out west and turns south to 94, and 94 goes to Chicago, right? A lot of us have done that drive before. Easy drive. Two highways, but... Around Lansing, a goofy thing happens in Michigan. I-69 and I-96 join together. And those two numbers are goofy because 6 and 9 like, look kind of the same. They're just upside down each other's, right? And when you're trying to get on 96 or 69, so you're on 69, you join up with 96, and to get back on 69, you have to exit the highway. You gotta, if you don't know that, it'll get you. So my boy's driving up to this girl, loving life, living the dream. Doesn't notice he's got to exit to stay on the highway. Ends up on 96 heading east. Doesn't realize his mistake. I mean, so he's heading the wrong direction. He's supposed to be going south and then west. He's heading east towards Detroit, you know? Doesn't realize it get a wrong term. They're just talking. He's loving life. Doesn't realize what has happened until he rolls up on the ambassador bridge heading to Canada. He's like, well, why am I in Canada? He didn't, until that moment, he was so, he was so in the zone with this girl. He, but you know what's crazy? He got back, you know, way after us. He got, like, we all get back. And we, he doesn't show up. We're like, I think that we got married or something, yo. They eloped. Um, but they finally come back hours, hours later. And he said to me, I'll never forget, he said, you know what? Added four hours to our drive. I didn't even feel it. Like, oh. But this guy came to the crossroads, went the wrong way on accident. Didn't even mean to, just went the wrong way. Now, in life, Every one of us come to crossroads. We come to moments of decision. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a romantic relationship. Maybe it's buying a house. We come to a moment where, do I want to do this? Or do I want to do that? And we must choose between A and B. Or maybe A, B, C, and D. 
you must make a decision. Now, most people in the world, most people that are just outside, when they come to decisions, they just say, well, what do I want more? What do I like better? And they choose what they want the most. But for Christians, we have an added layer when we make decisions. Because every follower of Christ, no matter what the decision is, we have an added layer of complexity. Because we ask at some point, what does God want for me? Every believer in Christ, at some part of us, has to have that piece in operation. It's my, I have this whole life, I have freedom of decisions, but I also wonder, God, what would you have me do? We wonder about God's will. And in the Lord's prayer, he says to us, as he teaches us to pray, we learn to pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So for every Christian... Whenever we make big decisions, at some point, we should take the decision and come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I have this decision ahead of me. What would you have me do? That's why we seek counsel. That's why we ask for advice. We want to know what God would have for our lives. That should be a part of every Christian's questioning any major life decision. It's not just about money. It's not just about wisdom. It's about what has God put ahead of us? What is God's will for our life? Jesus tells us we should pray that God's will be done. And later on in the book of Matthew, Jesus is going to actually model for us how to pray for God's will. Because sometimes what I want and what God wants aren't the same. And what do you do then? Okay, let me ask the kids in the house. All the kids in the room, okay. What kid here has the closest birthday? Not past, who has the closest birthday coming up right now? Who's the closest birthday from today? It's not Nesto, it's not Lena. They're like August and December. Any summer birthdays in the house? Okay, when's your birthday, dude? June 29th. Okay, here's the question. What do you want for your birthday, dude? Nothing? Man, you're easy to shop for. Let's say, let's say, let's say you're a kid and you wanted a hoverboard. You wanted one of those goofy little machines that like knock people, like break elbows, one of those machines. You really want one of those. That's what you want. What if what you want, which is this awesome toy, and your parents are like, oh, little Johnny, I can't buy that hoverboard because there's, you're going to hurt yourself and you're clumsy and you have no good balance, so I'm going to buy you. Instead, I'm going to buy you a, what was, when we were kids, remember that thing we had? Uh, it was our version of a hoverboard. It was, uh, not a skateboard. It was a ball with a platform you stood on and you bounced on the ball. Not a pogo stick. It's like a pogo ball. Okay, anyways, anyways, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going back in time. Um, but let's say your parents, instead of giving you a hoverboard, they bought you an awesome new sh set of sheets for your bed of your favorite superhero. That's kind of cool too, right? <laughs> you're, you have one thing you want. Your parents want something else for you. 
That's not awesome, but this happens sometimes. And what if in life later on, you know what you want? And it is in conflict with what God wants for you. And this happens to Jesus. Jesus comes to a moment where what he wants and what the Father wants aren't the same thing. It's Jesus' last night on earth. He's going to be crucified in the morning. And he has had the last supper. He's broken the bread, drank the wine. He has gone to this garden to pray. Judas has already... He's taking the money. He's leading the soldiers to the garden to arrest Christ. And Christ knows what's ahead of him. Christ knows I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be betrayed by someone I love. I'm going to be arrested, go through a false trial. I'm going to be publicly humiliated. I'm going to be tortured so everyone can watch. And eventually, my father himself will turn his back on me. That is his path, and he knows what's coming. And Christ prays this way. So Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus is like, I, Father, if there's any other way for the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve to be redeemed, find that way. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to walk this path. I don't want it to endure this hurt. So here's the question we ask today. What do you do if your will and God's will are not the same? How do you as a person submit your will to God's will? Well, first, I'll say this. You need to admit what you really want. We'll start there. What is your will? What do you want? Christ in this prayer admits what he wants. He's like, Father, I don't want to do that. Father, if it's possible, remove this cup from me. Now, most of us never get honest about what we actually want. (laughs) I'll be ridiculous for a moment. It's Mother's Day. Um, I'm a married man, and I learned my first first year. So we had a child in nine. No, in 2010, 2010, I have a child. She reminded me, she's like, that's, I was born that day. Um, so we have a child. And then Mother's Day comes after the baby came. First Mother's Day comes. I don't buy anything for my wife. And uh, my mom gets mad at me. She's like, what'd you get for your wife? I'm like, nothing. I'm like, why not? Like, she's not my mom. I'm like, well, it makes sense. And my, my mom told me in no certain terms, to never do that again. So now every Mother's Day, I buy my wife something for Mother's Day. Um, so this year, um, I didn't, couldn't find a good gift. Uh, I was trying to figure out what to do. So I decided to get my wife um, some dates. I got, not, not the vegetable um, or the fruit. Um, I decided to get her some, um, like, uh, restaurant gift cards so we can go on dates together and eat together and, and, and share uh, time, just her and I 
uh, face to face. Now, when we go out to eat sometimes, we'll go out driving, and I'll be like, and this is a classic husband thing that happens. You'll ask your wife, what would you like to eat tonight, babe? And she'll say, I don't care. Whatever you want. And this is a very, very trepidatious moment for many people. (laughs) Because in that moment, I often try to do a dance. I'm like, okay, I assume there is an actual will. Like there's somewhere she would like to eat, and I don't know what it is. So now I have to find the answer to the riddle. Where would she like to eat? And so I, I, I start playing with things. Like, well, what do you think of going over Buffalo Wild Wings? Oh, I don't know. There's so many TVs. You'll be distracted. Okay, okay. Not Buffalo Wild Wings. So we start working our way around. Like for me, I'm a simple creature. I would go to Chipotle every day of my life if I was allowed to. Every day. Every day. I don't give a rip. But I'm trying to figure out what is her will. So I can... I can Submit to it and we can go together. That's a silly illustration, but in a real way, a lot of us don't ever admit what we really want. We don't say, I want this. Sometimes my wife and I will get in these kindness fights where, like, I'll give an example. There's like one donut left in the box, and I want it, but I don't want to be a jerk, so I don't take it. And my wife just wants to be nice, so she's leaving it. So we're both letting it sit there, and the hours go by, and it's becoming less and less good as the time goes forward. And I'm getting resentful, like, I'm being nice, just eat the donut. And she's like, well, I'm being nice to you, you eat the donut. And this, like, it's funny, because our will is both, I'm pretending that I want to be polite, but my, my real desire is to eat the donut. Last night, we had McDonald's last night, and I bought as a little hors d'oeuvre uh, a four-piece nug as the, like, you know, the little, the after-meal snack, right? Uh, <laughs> so I eat my burger, my fries. Everyone's eating their food. I have a four-piece left. And my son, I'm like, dude, you still hungry? He's like, yeah. So I give him my nugs. And I'm watching him eat. In my heart, I'm like, those are my nugs. <laughs> like, I'm like, what I really wanted was to eat those four nuggets. And they're being sleeped by someone else that's not me. And I was like, I'm going back to McDonald's and get more nuggets. No, I, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But my, 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 I tried to pretend I was all nice. But deep down, what I really wanted was to stuff my face with nuggets. Now, a lot of us don't get honest about what we really want. We don't get honest about what we really, really desire. I was praying recently. Uh, my wife and I went through a hard season a little while ago. We, um had a cancer scare in our house. I told you guys a little bit about that. And we're waiting for the biopsy results. And I was praying about it. As I was praying about those results, I was, I don't know. Sometimes when we pray, you ever get spiritual and not say real things? You just pray like all the big words and all the like cliches. And I'm not revealing what's really in my heart. I'm just saying all this stuff around the issue. But eventually, I've been trying this thing where I pray until I pray. I pray until I actually say something true. true. I'm praying about things. And finally, I start talking to God about what's really on my heart. And I just tell the Lord, real honestly, I'm like, Lord, I don't want this to be cancer. And God's like, well, why not? As I'm praying, I'm like, well, Lord, I'm afraid of the chemo and the radiation and suffering, and it's going to be really hard, and it's going to be sad. And at, the, at, 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 at this one moment, I finally prayed, Lord, I just don't want to suffer. I just said it. That was, that was, that was the deep down truth. I just don't want to feel any pain. 
And I laughed out loud. Because I was trying to be so spiritual, but deep down, I just didn't want to face something hard. That was the truth. Lord, deliver me because I don't like pain. That was the truth. And that's, that's okay to pray that. We can ask God for real things. I can say, Lord, I need a better job. You can pray that. You're allowed to pray that. Lord, I need $4 more an hour. Like You're allowed to pray real things. You're allowed to pray, Lord, I, I hate my job, and it causes all the stress, and it, it's hurt my family. I need something better. You're allowed to pray that. You really are. You're allowed to pray about your neighbors, about... You can pray for real things. You are allowed to be honest with God about stuff. And that's a good thing because you want to get real about what you really want because that way you and God are actually talking about what's going on in the life. What do you really want? Where are you really going? And what I, what I don't want you to do, I meet a lot of Christians in a, given, in a given month who are living in sin and they're painting it with Christian language. I've had people come to me in the midst of an affair and tell me why God was going to bless what they were doing. They put all this Christian language around it. Well, God wants me to be happy. So therefore, this must be God's will for my life. No! Just admit I'm selfish I'm awful, I want what I want, and I don't care about anyone else. Let's just be honest about it. Let's just be honest. Don't couch it in these spiritual terms all the time. So the first step to know what God's will, how to speak God's will, what do you want? What do you really want? Then step two is you got to discern what God wants. This is the hard part. What does God want for the situation? In every situation you come into life, at some point, you should ask the question, God, what do you want me to do with this? God, what do you want me to do? What school do you want me to go to? What job? What, what relationship? What should I do, Lord? Now, you know what you want. Now, what does God want for you? That's harder to figure out sometimes. How do you figure out what God wants for you? I'd ask a few questions. One, get counsel. Ask people. Ask people who know you and will tell you the hard truth. Ask, well, what do you think I should do in this? That, that kind of wisdom is helpful. The Bible tells us there's safety in a multitude of counselors. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. I have pastor friends. I've watched make bonehead moves in their life. I had one pastor buddy. Young guy became a pastor of a church. And in his first month at this, it's an older church, a lot of older people, old, old ministry. His first month there, he takes all the hymnals out of the back of the pews and gets rid of them because he wants to do words on the screen instead. And I was like, bro. And everyone got mad at me. He was surprised. Everyone got mad at me when I did that. You think? These guys had these hymnals that their, their, their parents bought back in 1982 or, that's not old. 1960, sorry, whatever is old, 1970, maybe 50. I'm like, did you ask anybody for counsel before you did this thing? No. Asking people, uh, you know, one time I was going to name, we were doing a recovery service here at Flint City. 
and I wanted to name it Flint City Knights. That was, that was my cool name I was going to have. But I asked a buddy of mine, what is this cool name, Flint City Knights? And he goes, don't name that thing Flint City Knights. I'm like, why not? He's like, it sounds like a club, dude. It sounds like a, sounds like a, sounds like a rave's going on at the stinking church. And so I asked someone, gave me good advice, and it saved me from embarrassment. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. Seeking God's will, we can, we can ask people, we can pray about it. God, what would you have me do? We'd ask God, is this a good thing for me or not? Seeking God's will is tough. It requires a lot of listening. But eventually, God might say, this is what I have for you. I'll tell you a true story. I was at a church um, being the pastor, and there came a moment of great tension in the church. And uh, the two leaders, me and the other leader, came into disagreement. There was tension between us. I was in Africa. I was praying about the tension, praying about the trouble. And God told me, just as clear as could be, just God revealed to my heart, God said, you're not going to survive it there. You have to leave. And I was so mad at God about that. I'm like, God, I love this church. I've been to this church my whole life. I don't want to leave. And God just, I mean, he said it very clearly. This is going to be real bad. You have to go. And I knew what God wanted me to do. But I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to leave that church. I didn't want to leave those people. I didn't want to sell my house. I didn't want to lose that good thing I had. I was praying sincerely about it, and God gave me an answer. But guess what? I didn't like the answer. And that happens sometimes. God told me that moment, the path I had to walk, which is a very difficult path and a painful path. So as you walk through life and you're praying, you need to listen to God see what he's saying to you. And God says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives to all his children generously. God likes to give us wisdom. So ask him and listen to his answer. It's why I never make any major decisions on the spot. I always ask for time to pray and listen. Some of those that know me more, I, I move slow when it comes to the church because I don't want to just act, react emotionally or off the seat of my pants. I always listen and wait on the Lord to make sure we're going in a good and healthy direction. So know what God, know what you want, know what God wants. And lastly, this, this is the big part. You have to choose what God wants over what you want. If I know what I want, and I know what God wants, then comes the question, what am I going to do? Because you're in the driver's seat, kind of. You can choose to do, like, like I told the story last, I'll tell it again. I remember being a young man, dating a girl. I knew it wasn't of the Lord. I went to break up with her. I walked into her dormitory, and she came out with a new hairstyle, with a new outfit. And I saw her. I remember in my heart saying, Lord, I don't care what you have of me. I want this. I knew God's will. I knew my will. And I chose my will. I had a brother in Christ. Recovering alcoholic. Clean for a few years. Offered a real good job bartending. 
and he told me, I got this new job, I'm going to brought him to this bar, and I'm like, dude, you can't do that, man. You know what you came from, you know what happened, you know where you were. Oh, man, I'm so past that. doesn't even tempt me anymore, I'll be fine. And, I'm, and, I, and he, he didn't want to talk to me, he didn't want to, he didn't ask me, he never asked for counsel, he just told me what he was doing. And I'm like, in my heart, I'm like, this is a really bad idea. And I, even though he didn't ask me, I still told him my, my opinion. He what loved him, told him. He did the job anyway. It was good money. It was real good money. Guess where he was in three months? Back in the bottle. Back in the bottle. Someday you'll, you'll come to things in your life where you'll like, this is what I want, this is what God wants. And you, get, you make a decision. Who am I going to follow? What I want or what God has for me? And I'm telling you, the hard thing is choosing God's will over your own will. When I was younger, this is a ridiculous thing, but it's a true thing. When I was a younger man, my brothers and I, uh, we grew up together. There's three of us boys growing up. And I don't, I don't know if they were as, I think we're all pretty bad about this. We'd order a pizza, okay? And it would come there. It would open the table. We didn't pray before we ate. As soon as the food hit the table, it was like just ravenous hyenas charging the table, okay? And I ate my pizza as fast as I could. Do you know why? I wanted to get more slices than anybody else. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted it because usually there's an odd number of slices, you know? There's four of us. There's nine slices. Someone's only getting two, and that ain't going to be me. So I would eat fast, tear it up, go for another one, grab it. I, would, I don't care who got what as long as I got mine. That was, that was, and I was that way for, even when I got married, I would go for the biggest slice, the biggest piece, because I wanted it, I wanted, I wanted what I wanted. Very selfish, self-centered uh, way to look at life. For a long time in my early marriage, it was very much about me and what I wanted. Um, I often tell stories about our early marriage that freak out other couples because I was such a bad husband when we first got married. Um, like just um, high maintenance is a word they say, high maintenance husband. I was a high maintenance husband. Um, someone's got to do it. I mean, it's about, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> someone's got to be high maintenance in the marriage. It might as well be me. Um, but I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was hard to live with in a lot of ways. Um, and the, the eating thing was just, just an example of just my selfishness. And as I grow in the Lord and then we have children, a funny thing has happened. Um, I used to go to Best Buy and I'd fill up my cart with all the toys I wanted to buy myself. Because I'm I'm, I was young, single. No, you know, what do I, I spend my money on? I spend it on me. I'd go to Best Buy, I'd put a GameCube in the cart, I'd put the games I wanted in the cart, put like four controllers in the cart, I'd walk around Best Buy for an hour and a half, pumped about this new life I was going to live, put it all back and go home. And I'd be mad about it. I'd go home mad at Angie, and she wasn't even there, she's not even, she's not even with me, she's not even with me, and I'm like, if I bought it, she'd be mad at me, she's thinking life sucks, I'd, hate, I, I'd be so mad. I remember once I bought an Apple computer in the mail. I came in, the, I came home, and it was there on the table. Beautiful iMac, huge box. And I'm like, man, now we're cooking, baby. And Angie looks at it, and I'm like, look at this computer. I tell her how awesome it is. She's like, we can afford this? And I was just like, 
I'll send it back tomorrow. I'm like, it was, it was, it was a, it was a, it was, it was a back and forth. And I would be, I'd be a brat all day long next, the next day, wouldn't I? I would be mad at her. And like, it was, it's, it was, there's a reason I buy her Mother's Day gifts now. Um, but, um, there came a point as I grew in the Lord, instead of having to be told by someone not to be stupid, well, I had kids, what happened? I had kids. And then, if there's food, I want them to eat first so they have enough, and I'll eat what's left. And when it comes to buying things, I used to, every single birthday, oh, I'm so sorry, babe. I'd have one present I wanted, and if she guessed it right, she won. And if she didn't, I'd be, I'd be grumpy. This is true, isn't it? I'm so sorry. I'll give her no hints or no help. I just assumed if she really knows me, she'll know what I want for my present. Um, I used to be that way. Now, my birthday birthday comes along, Christmas comes along, and she'll ask me, what do you want? And And I tell her the same thing every year. I'm like, babe, I don't want anything. And I'm not even trying to be like spiritual. I'm literally so content giving those people I love, like giving them gifts I don't really want anything right now. I'm so happy to have my kids to just love on and having our home. I'm so content, I don't need anything else. And that has come from learning to just, God, whatever you have for me, I'm cool with that. Whether it's less money, whether it's harder work, I'm cool with it. I had a brother in Christ call me recently. Got for a new job. He got offered a new job, paid $20,000 more a year. That's like $400 more a week. Can you imagine that? That's like a better house? That's a car payment? That's a vacation to Florida? <laughs> and so the job sounds, he's telling me the job, I got offered this job, money, it'll be great. I'm like, so do you want it? He said, I don't know, man. I'm like, why not? He said, I feel like God has me where I'm at. I'm doing all this good for him, and I, I have all this influence, and God's using me powerfully in the lives of all these people. And I'm like, oh, man. So what are you going to do? He said, I don't know. So he put out all the pros and cons, and the pros was the money. But this side, he felt God really leaning on him to stay where he was and love the forgotten people he was serving. And so we took off the phone, and I thought for sure, he's taking the money, because everyone takes the money, right? Everyone takes the money. But this Christ follower, I talked to him just a few days ago, he's like, I turned the job down. I'm like, you turned the job down? He's like, I turned it down. I didn't say that that loud. In my heart, I did. And he did it because he believed God called him to stay. Said no to more money to be faithful where he was. As you walk through life, you'll come to moments where you have a decision to make between two things. Maybe your will and God's will for your life. And when you come to that moment, you got to make a decision. Who am I going? What am I going to do? Who am I going to follow? Am I the boss or is God the boss? Am I the queen or is God the queen? You know, well, that's not, okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to make it a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's in charge of my life? 
Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means submission and obedience. And here's what I've learned. It gets easier the more you do it. The first few times you lay something down, ooh, it hurts so bad. Laying stuff down, like, but God, but I want it. It's like it's going to the store at Meyer, and you see the kid in line wants a candy bar. The parents say no, and that kid melts down on the floor, stomping their feet on the ground. But I wanted that. Listen, that's how it feels sometimes. But I want it. That's how we feel. But as time goes on, you give it to the Lord over and over and over again. What happens is it gets easier. And there's a great joy. There's a great joy in being God's will. I'm not saying it might not be suffering. Jesus, at the end of his thing, he said, your will be done. And Jesus went to the cross. And the Bible says, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. We might have to walk through hard things. We might have to endure hard things. And we may not know why. But we trust him. And we walk. Before we end the day, I want to give, it's Mother's Day today, as I said a few times, I want to give a gift to all the moms in the house. So I need the Combs boys to go grab the gifts. Every Father's Day, I give the guys uh, brats to grill on your grill. That's a, that's a Father's Day kind of gift, right? For Mother's Day, I'm like, do I give moms flowers? Do I, what do I give a mom? So we decided to give all the moms chocolate in the house. And we decided to give you fancy chocolate. So... Um, walk around. If you're a mom, just raise your hand up. Hey, listen, if there's, if, there's, if there's a bun in the oven, you count. So you get, you get out. So, so, uh, uh, <laughs> so go ahead and just pass uh, mama's hands up. They're passing right now. Go ahead, go ahead in the front row here. Yep, boom, boom. Um, they're all fancy and they're nice. What kind of chocolate is it? It's called uh, Lindor. They're like truffles, right? I don't know what this means. But I've been told by the powers that be that women like this kind of chocolate. So I hope this is true. We're getting all the moms. If you're at home, happy Mother's Day to those of you at home. I have a chocolate for you because you're not here. Okay. All right. We got the mamas. Oh, one more mama. We got the mamas. So let's go ahead and pray together. We'll call it a day. Jesus, thank you so much for the morning. I have no doubt some of the people in this room have come to crossroads in their lives and are trying to find their way forward. Give us the humility to seek your will. And Lord, when we find your will, give us the courage to choose it. Even if it's not what we would have chosen, Give us the courage to choose it and to walk it and to trust you in the midst of it, Lord, because you are good and your way is the best way. Being in your will and on your path, it's where we want to be. So, Lord, help us to choose you 
And if we are fools and wander off the path, Lord, bring us back quickly, truly, that we may not, not, may not be in the wilderness too long. Thank you for the day, Father. In Christ's name we ask these things.